0: I am gonna be talking about uh something near and dear to my heart and I think to everybody's heart. If you are in Western America, you are well versed in perfectionism and in restriction. So that is what I'm leaning into today. Um I'm gonna be talking about the common saying what You Resist Persists, uh, because I'm just noticing how many places in my life are run unconsciously, even though my entire life is built around becoming conscious of what's running it. Um, yeah, how it's built unconsciously around this idea that like less is more, um, things should look a certain way. Uh basically the idea that control, like a controlled environment is safer. And there's a place for that, for sure, in business, in diet, in health. But anything that you're unconsciously avoiding forever will inevitably come into your life. Um, and I mean within reason, I don't mean heroin. Uh, if you I won't go down that spiel but um yeah so for me currently I'm doing like a deconditioning and unlearning around diet I'm sure you've seen it if you're following my stuff anywhere but I've been a nutritionist for so long now and it's not my main focus it's not like I like food psychology but it like I can get you to lose weight I can get to get onto your physical goals, but it's not my favorite thing to do. My practice isn't focused solely on that. It's focused more on relationships, how do you relate to your body and the way you look, that kind of thing. But I am trained in nutrition. And the interesting thing about scientific research that I think everybody needs to understand is just because you can find scientific research to back up your point, doesn't mean your point is the absolute correct point. Like, if I am trying to prove that muffins are bad for you, I'm going to do all the research that supports that point. But if I'm trying to prove that muffins are good for you, I'm going to do all the research that proves that point. And then I'm going to take a focus group of human beings in a short amount of time, and I mean short as in, like, we're not studying people centuries in. And then I'm going to test my already biased hypothesis or the hypothesis against it, because that's how the scientific method works, and track it over time, and then make a point. But the point is not supposed to even be absolute fact. If you are being trained in this, you're kind of taught to, like, take fact um, as something that it can always be disproven, um, and it will always evolve. Um, so I go into that whole spiel thing of things because um, I think it's important to just keep in mind uh, that whatever you decide to follow, like the way you're following it will likely be more long-term impactful than like what you're doing. So I think on some level, any diet feels really nourishing to a body because it's you putting a bunch of awareness on yourself, it's you, like, having constant attention on yourself, and even though it's restrictive, it's typically around, like, the idea that it's caring for yourself, Um and so I think in the short term, it can be really, really nourishing, and it can feel good, and then you can maybe see results of that attention and awareness on yourself, and that can feel good, but It also can cause this like deep disconnect between your inner knowing and like you trusting your body. And essentially, like the majority of my work with people is getting them back in their body so that they can use all of their senses and they can understand all of their intuitive responses um, in a way where they can trust them, digest them and use them. And either use them to guide them in action or use them to guide them in, like, internal processing. And both of those are so important. Boundaries are something that, like, people need in order to create a life that they, they like, adore living. But if you've completely disconnected yourself from your body because you work a 9-to-5 that is literally soul-draining to you. Um, some people love a 9-to-5, but I just mean to you then the practice that you've been enacting is one where, like, your intellect is training you, like, don't listen to your body, hack your body. Like, how can we manipulate you into performing and producing in the way that I think most of us are taught? And even though there's also a place for this, like, there's nothing holy about not having enough food and not having enough money, um, in the long term... I think many get to a point where they're no longer in survival, but that is the familiar place to be. That's how they were able to survive. That's how they were able to succeed. So it can feel really scary to then go into an intuitive space or a space where you're not using stress to motivate you to show up to your daily purpose in life. When that's done unconsciously, you can find yourself starting a bunch of drama or, like, looking for restrictive lifestyles in any case. Like, oh, I don't drink, or, oh, I don't eat sugar, or, or like, I don't go out with A, B, and C, or I don't, you know. Whatever restriction you put on yourself with the idea that it will, like, have an outcome, a desired outcome, can, in any extreme circumstance, have the opposite effect. Um... So when I look at the way that I relate to food and work, it's very, very similar. Like if I don't oh, and working out, if I'm not cautious because I raise myself to be like such a good little human, like I can literally work every day of every week, especially now I could do it before using hacks. Um, but especially now I can do it because I adore my job. And so that can lead me to like really unconsciously work every single day, research, write, create, coach, and I love it. So I can like kind of especially if I've been taking really good care of myself and I have an excess of energy, I can really easily lose that um just by like overdoing it in my job without like being in connection to my body. My body always knows. My body knows when it's tired body knows shit. And I am really good at ignoring it, even with all this work and the fact that I built my entire life on listening to my body. Um, so around food, this has been quite difficult because after a lifetime of nutritional manipulation, I actually don't have cravings for sugar. I don't have cravings for anything. I'm mildly, like I always want bread, but it's not like a craving, like it's not insatiable. And When I eat bread, I'm not like, I need all the bread which I was at one point way back in the day. Um, but, but there's something to be said about the fact that I'm so disconnected to my body at this point that, like, I don't even know, like, an appetite is not, like, a thing. Like, I'll eat now because I'm, I'm trying to heal the psychology. But before I could really go, especially if I was drinking a milky coffee every morning, I could go hours without eating and not actually be hungry. Um, And the way that it would manifest wasn't through, like, hunger things. It was actually through, like, emotional bandwidth, uh, perception of how hard life is, is, perception of how hard, like, doing simple things are. Like, we think hunger is going to manifest in a certain physical way. (laughs) And, like, more often than not. It manifests in, like, our attitude and our perception of our life. Um, If you're chronically hungry, and this doesn't mean you're, like, anorexic by the book, by the way that we define it, but if you're just, like, constantly, irregularly hungry, you forget to eat breakfast, you forget to eat meals, period, like, something's off. Like, your body was built to, like, use energy and then need more energy and then use that energy and then need more energy unless you are in a famine state, in which case it was built to cling to any energy it gets because it doesn't know when the next meal is coming. Um, so for me, around work, working out, and food, there's definitely this idea that, like, if I'm not in control, I'll just, like, do the thing to death. So, so initially when I started trying to get myself to work out when I was, like, 14, the idea was, like, if I got out of shape, I would never work out again. And so I convinced myself that like I needed to work out every single day in order for me to um like be healthy and not uh like devolve into a blob um with food with food it was always like if I didn't figure something out about my hunger that i I would legit like eat myself to death, I could eat so much when I was younger everyone would comment on it like oh you're so little how do you eat so much like everybody 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 and I had a horrific eating disorder um very very young and so that always like fueled the uh, idea that I needed to figure out how to eat a lot and stay small um which involved a lot of like cycling so like I would eat a lot and then like skip a bunch of meals um and I would eat very tailored like when it was worth it quote unquote is what's the mentality basically um, and and then I would work out like a crazy person um and there was always a deep mistrust on like my appetite because I was always fucking hungry, and I was always active, always doing like, workouts, because I thought if I didn't, I would devolve into blah, blend. and, so I was burning energy constantly, I wasn't sleeping well at all, ever, um, I think I started sleeping and making that a priority, like, six years ago, maybe seven, um, and, and I could literally eat and eat and eat, especially bread, just infinite, and it scared the shit out of me, and I wasn't, I wasn't conscious that, like, That is a symptom of not eating enough and of burning too many calories. You're not supposed to be starving all the time. And you are supposed to get full. And if your body is making you crave sugar all the time, like a little monster, something's probably off you should take a look at. But I was not doing the math in that way. So, um, Yeah. So then how does this really also to work? Like I had trained myself. I want to say eighth grade is when I got serious about training myself to focus. I'm the most ADD you can be on the spectrum. Literally, I got 100% extra time because in England they don't medicate children. They just give them student learning disability tools, and one of those tools is extra time, and I got 100% extra time. That means six hours on this fucking test, and I barely finished. Um, I did amazing, which was also not predicted because of my ADD, Um, but that extra time was really necessary, and so I learned that I just needed a bunch of extra time and I started waking up at five and using like all these hacks like a tin alarm clock that scares the living shit out of you like there's no way you're going to bed after that thing rings next to you you're having like a small heart attack um which is very effective but psychologically I don't think that's like the best and with work I just trained myself that more work is better and college was not great for that either Especially if you're trained around the culture of, like, work hard, play hard, which means zero sleep ever. um, And that was just the, like, most coveted mind state is, like, can you work really hard all the time and travel and party and do all the things? And I was really, really well-versed in that. um, And as an adult, it's like having to unlearn this shit that's really unhealthy, <laughs> even when it's helpful, like... It's still very much coveted if I work every day, Um, especially if it's doing something I love. You know, I get a lot of like, oh, that's great, you know, that you found something that you can just work all the time and love it. And it's like, yeah, it is. And taking a bunch of time off, like I don't remember the last time I had a week, full week off work. And I've structured a life where like that isn't necessary necessarily, like creativity is part of my work. But even like. Just considering taking a week off of any type of plan at all is, is really difficult for me. Um, and, you know, luckily I'm a woman. So once a month I am literally forced into having to take time off, but, but even then, you know, the week leading up to that, I can like feel my body slowing down and the intellectual urges to like do as much as possible. And even though I'm biologically wired to slow down, like I've gotten so good at the mental manipulation that like there's just so much unlearning to do for me. And I'm someone that's dedicated my life to doing this for the world so that I can then like work with you or with anybody that needs it to first like recognize what's off balance and then like offer solutions. I've tried and nerd myself. And if anything in your life isn't working for you, it's not because you're fucking broken. It's because something is off. and Whatever addiction or addiction tendencies you have are symptoms of something being off. It's a communication of your perfect fucking body trying to alert you to something being out of balance for you independently. So anyway, for somebody whose issue is like mine, where it's like you've overdone something, and, like, it feels safer to keep doing that thing, diet, work, or working out, or health, or whatever the fuck it is. Um, the solution seems to be to do the polar opposite, like, complete non-restriction for a prolonged amount of time. And it's fucking terrifying. It's terrifying. I can't imagine eating, like, a bunch of cane sugar or, like, a piece of white flour toast with butter and sugar on it. Um, I definitely have this condition... To like, it's not terror because I'm not like, ah, but it's like my whole body's like, no, we don't eat cane sugar. I haven't had sugar in fucking years. Like, maybe a bite here and there of, like, someone's dessert, but, like, a whole ice cream or, I don't know, a whole, like, drink with just cane sugar in it. <laughs> like, no, Their body's just, like, learned to not live with this thing that is, like, the most bioavailable source of sugar, which we run on. Uh, possible. And so my current work is going to be to explore the psychological benefits of like unlearning restriction. And uh, I'm doing this because I believe in a world where your cravings and your desires are actually something that you can trust and are something valuable and needed, whether that's sexually, whether that's in your life in general, whether that's food, whether that's in work, um, the person you're with, whatever the hell it is. And if I want to keep getting more refined in the way that I experience what's possible for an individual on this planet, then I need to get even cleaner on, like, the things that I'm devoted to, which is, like, truth and trust and learning to live through desire. So there it is. If you are in any way going through any kind of stuff, around either diet or restriction in general feel free to reach out my website is maryhugh.com most of my writing is more up to date on my instagram jennifer.maryhugh wait (laughs) jennifer.jade.maryhugh and maryhugh is spelled m for melons e double R I H U E, and my podcast is on there as well for the other episodes um I hope you eat something delicious and sugary and enjoy the shit out of it today. That's what I'm gonna do after devouring some oysters. Have a good one.